Once we know these hormones, we know how to take better care of our mental health, and we know how to turn around and tell others how to take better care of us. Resetters, Dr. Mindy here, and I am on a mission to teach you just how powerful your body was built to be. This podcast is about giving you the power back and helping you believe in yourself again. Let's jump in. On this episode of the Resetter Podcast, I bring you me. This is literally my first solo episode. I have never done in the three seasons of the Resetter Podcast, I have never done a solo episode, but I wanted to take a pause and I wanted to synergize all of the information that you may be learning from this podcast, from my YouTube videos, from the information, my books and the things that I put out there. And I wanted to tie hormones to mental health. We are living in a time where so many of you are struggling with your mental health. And I really wanted a discussion that was unique to women. Now, you will hear as I go through this that this doesn't mean men are left out of this conversation. I talk about how uh, we handle stress differently. Um, I also have done some great podcasts with Dr. Uh, John Gray talking about the mental health differences between men and women. So you can go back and listen to that. But this is a conversation I am hoping that you will listen to um, with the other women in your life. If there are men in your life, I hope you listen to, to it with them. And that I hope this discussion brings your understanding of hormones neurotransmitters and moods and how these all synergize together and play out not only when we went through puberty, not only at during our monthly cycle, but how it plays out in the menopausal years. So as always, I put out information for to change the conversation for women. And I really hope that this solo discussion that I just gave you all Um, changes the way you look at your moods and gives as always gives you the power back. So here you go, a solo episode and conversation with me. And if you love it, give me a review, share it out into the world. More importantly, don't give up on yourself and make sure that as a woman, that you are supporting other women in their mental health journey, because we are way more powerful together. Enjoy. When you're in the middle of a fast, do you ever hit a wall and then you really start to struggle? Like, I I know this happens to me sometimes. Like, I'm going along, I'm feeling really good, and then bam, all of a sudden I'm out of energy, I'm starving, and it's like my brain is turned off. So check this out. If that's happened to you, there's a really good chance you're running low on minerals. Fasting makes your mitochondria produce more energy. It speeds up fat burning. It helps you make more ketones so your brain is really sharp. But the part of fasting that we don't talk enough about is that those benefits often come at an expense to your body. So you got to look at your body doing the right thing at the right time always. And when you hit that crash, It's a large chance that your body has had to use a ton of minerals to be able to supercharge you in the fasted state. And if your minerals are already low, you can end up depleted. So that is why I love Beam Minerals. They make a full spectrum mineral supplement that is perfect for fasting. It's in a liquid form. It literally tastes like water. You just have to take a shot halfway through your fast and you can keep going a whole lot longer without the hunger and the fatigue. So if you want to experience this, if you want to try it in your fasting window and see what kind of results you get, just go on over to beamminerals.com and enter the code MINDY for 20% off. And as always, let me know how it works for you. I'm really excited to bring this information to you all because you deserve to thrive in your fasted state. Now let's dive into the neurotransmitters. So here's how, here's how this looks. Um, I'm going to do it in a, in a, in a 30 day menstrual cycle. I feel like that's the best way for me to articulate neurotransmitters and moods. 
So from the day you start your period, what I want you to know is that from day one to day 10, estrogen is coming in. And in that time period, those first 10 days, estrogen is building. So it's not like it, you know, hormones pulse, they come in for a few seconds and then they stop and then they come in and they stop. And there's a rhythm to this pulsing, it's a little bit like a metronome. So in day one through five, the pulsing may be sort of slow, of estrogen may be slow and methodical, but as we, it, the, you get closer to day 10, the pulsing, it gets faster and faster and faster and more and more estrogen comes in. In that 10-day period, you're going to want to keep insulin and glucose down. So the ketogenic diet shines in this moment. You're going to want to fast more. So if you want to go into longer fast, do it in this 10-day period because you will assist estrogen in her production or think of it. I think of it like she's kind of coming out of the, and ready to shine and show all her glory. And those 10 days is where she's going to build. Now, what you might notice in those first 10 days, mood wise women is you might notice that you are more, um, you, you feel more social so whereas you'll see as we get to the back half of our cycle, we don't feel as social. So at, when estrogen is coming in, you should feel more outward with your mental, you want to you be more stimulated by uh, people, by learning, by, um, by uh, experiences. You're going to feel like you want to be out in the world. You're going to want to be in conversations. Now, that happens from one through 10 day one through 10, at that same time as estrogen is building, you are also, you also need estrogen to be able to make dopamine and serotonin. Now let's talk about those two hormones for a moment. Dopamine is the molecule of more. I think what's interesting about dopamine is that we have really gotten into this dopamine saturated world. We're often chasing dopamine and yet dopamine's a big liar. Dopamine should be looked at as a motivator, not as a happiness molecule. So when we get dopamine, we it moves us and propels us towards something. And when we get that some, something and, and we achieve that thing, then dopamine should stop. It actually does stop. And then serotonin should come in and serotonin comes in and says, okay, you, you did a good job. You, you should be proud. And serotonin is the, I call it kind of a yummy neurotransmitter. It's that neurotransmitter that just makes you feel warm inside and makes you feel good and makes you feel accomplished. If you've ever hit a goal and you are sit back and you're like, whoa, wow, that was a lot. Um, I'm really proud of my work. I'm proud of what I just did. I'm excited for the results I just got. And you walk around throughout the day, cherishing some gold that you just hit That's serotonin dopamine got you to be able to put the action into be able to get the goal. Serotonin comes in to tell you good job. So they both are necessary for joy the most important part I want to bring into this conversation right now is that you need estrogen to be in her full glory in order to get dopamine and serotonin. And for a cycling woman, you are getting this from day one to day 10. Now, this is where it's really rough for the menopausal woman and for the perimenopausal woman is it, we are supposed to lose estrogen. That's part of the natural process. So as we lose estrogen, we're also losing dopamine and serotonin. So one of the key things that is emerging in the work that I've been doing with patients, but also the work that we're doing in my Reset Academy, and we have a health coaching program called Thought Thrive, is we've been backfilling in with amino acids. And for dopamine and serotonin, some of the amino acids that are very key are things like 5-HTP, tryptophan. Are both of these are really important amino acids. But in general, 
all amino acids have an impact. Choline is really important for the neurotransmitter production. Choline, you get it in eggs is really important for brain production or brain health. So if you haven't dabbled in understanding amino acids, please start to open your brain to educating you on the educating yourself on this. I will be bringing more amino acid um, specialists onto um, the resetter podcast so we can understand this a little bit better. Um, I have done some YouTube videos on amino acids. So go look at those resources. If you need more help with amino acid production, we are teaching this in my reset Academy for the sake of this conversation. I want you to understand that you have to have a good dose of amino acids to support dopamine and um, serotonin production. You also need estrogen. So there is a synergy of four things that need to come together to bring you joy. You got to have your aminos in check. You got to have estrogen, help support estrogen at its age appropriate spot. And you need to have um, dopamine and serotonin. Why menopause is so tricky is because we are losing estrogen, therefore we lose dopamine, therefore we lose serotonin, so amino acids become even more important. So there are a lot of ways that we can look at building aminos in. So if you want to stay committed to a vegetarian diet, then you're going to want to add in um, more uh, or make sure you're supplementing with aminos. Okay, so that's the first 10 days. You should start to feel more outwardly gregarious. You should have better mental clarity. You should be feeling more joy um, and you should be feeling like you can start to multitask because estrogen does that for us. When we go into the ovulation time, this is about day 10, you know, day 11 to day 15. It's a short four to five day window. Now our, uh, we're getting estrogen at her peak. We also have a big surge of testosterone coming in and you get a little bit of progesterone. In Fast Like a Girl, I actually gave this a name because one of the things that I like to do with health, I think health should be fun. So, and hormones should be really fun. Um, And we've been villainizing hormones for too long. So what I want you to know is that in, so I renamed everything. In the Fast Like a Girl, you're going to see it. I just gave them all fun names. Day one through day 10, when, when, Hormones are low and we're building estrogen. I call it the the power phase. I'll I'll, I'll share with you that I put another power phase because in in the second half of your cycle, because you can power up on ketones, you can power up on, on, uh, on more fasting to get these hormones. In the ovulation phase, this five day window, I call it the manifestation phase because the manifestation phase is where you can manifest so many cool things because you've got estrogen at its peak, testosterone at its peak, and you've got a little bit of progesterone. So during ovulation, you should feel like a a wonder woman. And if you're not, then we got to go figure out why not. And I'll talk about that in a moment, some of the tools to going and figuring that out. But if you were to ask for a raise, you would do it during the manifestation phase. If you have a conflict you want to resolve, do it during the manifestation phase. If you have like a big project that requires a lot of mental uh, cognition, do it during this five-day period because you have all these hormones working to your advantage. I recently had a conversation with this beautiful dad who was in his his, uh, late 40s, early 50s, and he was talking about um, how he wanted to try to understand his teenage daughter a little bit better. And so one of the questions I asked him was, okay, tell me what, uh, when you get the best conversations with her, Um, do you get great conversations with her all the time or do they come in, in just small little um, blurbs of, of a few here and a few there? And he's like, yeah, they kind of come and go, I get connected to her. And then I, and then I feel like she shuts my wife and I out and we can't reach her. And so I said, what if you look at, do you know her hormonal schedule? Do you know when she ovulates? Because really the best time for you to connect with her. Let's say you want to talk to her about her grades. Let's say you need, you have something really big you need to talk to her about. Talk to her during her ovulation window because she has the hormones then to be able to 
have a really good constructive conversation with you. Whereas the week before her period, she's going to, as you'll see here in a moment, she's going to want to go in her and she's not going to want to talk to you as much. And she might not have enough of the hormones needed to keep her calm. So you're a tough conversation is going to be the hardest then. And we even went on to say, and I'll tell you, this is where my geeky hormone brain goes, is that if we could get hormonal tests on on families, we could all understand each other a lot more if we understood our hormones. I call it hormonal astrology. It's like, how do we bring together two different hormonal profiles and help people understand their hormones? But I say this with the manifestation phase because I what I want you all to realize is if you are a woman who's ovulating still, you kick some butt that's during those five days because you can do, you're, you're crazy powerful. And not only testosterone doesn't just give you libido. And men, if you're listening, you have this five-day period where her libido, if you're with a woman, her libido is going to be at its peak during these five days. But you're also women, your motivation is going to be the highest. So if you want to start a a um, project, uh, start it during your ovulation window. You're going to get the most momentum that way. So um, start a workout plan there. Up your workouts during this time because you're going to have all of this testosterone. So weight, more heavier weights with your with your exercise is going to be great during this time. Um, so we've got this incredible mental clarity from estrogen, this uh, desire to multitask and to talk from estrogen is coming in during this five-day period. You're motivated. Um, you have drive, your libido's up, and then you get a little bit of progesterone at this moment. You get a little blurb of progesterone to keep you calm. This is why you can manifest anything in this ovulation window. Then after about day 15, we dip down into this period where our hormones come crashing down again. And this is where we can go back into more ketogenic. We can do more cardio. We can do some longer fasts. Usually this goes from about day 16 to around day 19. For some of you that have high toxic loads, you might not feel great in ovulation. In fact, if you don't feel good during the manifestation phase, go run a Dutch test. Uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. It's really important to understand your hormones um, because your toxic level could be really high. Your liver may not be breaking down those hormones properly during ovulation. So um, make sure you understand that. But for most women, we come out of ovulation and those hormones come down and we go, okay, feel a little bit better, trying to kind of get some a little more rhythm with hormones that are a little more steady. They're not as coming up and down as quickly. So during that five-day, four-day period after ovulation, you can go into some more fasting, go into some more keto. And then after that, about day 19, this is really, really important. This is when progesterone is coming in and progesterone really needs GABA. Um, and, and it makes GABA progesterone. I also heard recently progesterone can actually fulfill the GABA receptors in our brain. And so it calms the brain. And so that week before our period, we are going to feel more inner, inner. We're not going to feel like we want to socialize a lot. This is really hard if you have big social engagements or you're a high performer that has to go, you know, compete or go give a talk or go do some kind of performance. And it's the week before your period. I just want to say have compassion for yourself because you're not necessarily hormonally equipped to be able to to be as outwardly focused as you might need to be, which would mean that that week before your cycle, you would need to maybe then if you have a, let's say you have a big performance, go do the performance, but then the next day you're going to need to go inner and rest and relax. Progesterone, when it comes in around day 19, not only makes us feel inner, not only makes us feel like we want to sit on the couch, but it makes us crave carbs. And the reason it makes us crave carbs is because we need more glucose. We need more insulin to be able to make progesterone. So if you're doing the ketogenic diet, if you're fasting during this week, you there's a good chance anxiety is going to go up and you're going to lose your cycle. You may even lose hair. That's a huge reason I started to get out into the world talking about this is because so many women flooded my 
uh, YouTube channel telling me how they were suffering. She was suffering using these tools because too many women were not minding that week before. But progesterone and GABA are really, really important. Um, There are neurotransmitters you need to be able to make progesterone. Um, One is DLPA. Um, It's it's known as L-phenylalanine. Um, you can find it in a really good, um, that is amino acid you need to make progesterone. You can find that in a really good multi-supplement uh, uh, multi for aminos. Personally, right now, my favorite, I will leave a link for it in here, is um, Perfect Aminos. Um, I, I do them as liquid sometimes, and sometimes I just take them. And again, we're doing more customization of amino acids in my reset Academy. So if you want to know more about that, come into the Academy, but that week before you need to chill out, you need to raise glucose and you, it's okay if you're inner. So you're, this is why I said this to this dad is that we need to remember that going inner the week before is exactly what your daughter should be doing. So how do we support her in that? If my daughter right now is 22, if she was still living at home and I had known this in her teenage years, I would have been talking to her more about, you know, it's the week before your period. What can you do to nurture yourself? Which is why I call this in Fast Like a Girl, I call this the nurture phase. So when we don't mind progesterone and GABA during this time, we struggle with premenstrual challenges. There's a new term that everybody's throwing around in the health world. Again, another fancy term that doesn't mean much other than you didn't live in accordance with your hormones. And it's called PMDD, which is premenstrual dysfunction. And it's, it's insane PMS symptoms. If your PMS symptoms are insane, it's because you haven't minded this hormonal um, in uh, lifestyle that I'm teaching you today. And one of the key pieces of this is day 19, we got to slow down. Yoga is great. Going out and up for a hike is great, but don't train for a marathon during that time. Don't up your workouts. Don't overcrowd your schedule. This is a time to go within and you probably already feel it. Those of you that are fasting, I just want to remind you that if you're more hungry during that time, this is is key for um, it. just progesterone telling you, give me some food. So make sure you honor that. And then a couple of days before you bleed, progesterone goes way up and then it just crashes down. And that quick crash down is what will cause the uterine lining to start to bleed. And you'll start the cycle all over again. You will know you did the cycle right. If on day one and day two, when those, when, when you start that part of your cycle, you're starting to feel better. You're like, oh, okay. I feel like talking to people now. Okay. I feel like fasting a little longer. I feel like um, exercising a little more. You'll know that it really within those first two days, you should feel that you'll know that you minded your hormonal cycle. Well, if you get to that those first two days and you're struggling, it takes you about five days to get yourself into that um, gregarious, energized state, then go back and work the principles. Again, this is what Fast Like a Girl is, and I and it will be the go-to manual for you guys so that you have that resource to be able to do that. So that's cycling women. Now let's go to the perimenopausal woman for a second, because here's the challenge is that we don't really have, sometimes we have a cycle coming every 60 days. Sometimes it's every 90. We don't really know um, when it's coming and going. So we have to use symptoms to be able to tell us what hormone is wanting our attention. And for progesterone, the simple symptom is that we start spotting. This happened to me where all of a sudden I started to notice that I would spot. This is in my late forward 40s. And then maybe a week or two later, my cycle would, would start. And at that time, it was actually maybe my mid 40s. I was so in love with keto and fasting. I just started fasting and doing keto all the time. I didn't know to mind, mind these hormones. Once I started stepping out of ketosis the week before my cycle, then I noticed that um, I uh, the spotting went away. 
And, and actually, I, I thought I might be going into menopause in like when I was at 47. And then I realized, no, I, I actually just wasn't minding my hormones. And if I mind my hormones and, and live a lifestyle like this, I actually started getting a cycle more regular from 47 till now. We'll see what happens. I'm 90 days. We'll see. It kind of comes and goes. The the um, most uh, for menopause, that the later you go into menopause, the healthier we really want to see women go into menopause somewhere between 52 and 55. That's the healthiest way time to go in. So that gives you kind of a gauge there. So you can use perimenopausal women. You can use, I'm feeling really anxious today. You can use, and to me for the perimenopausal anxiety, when progesterone is low is a body anxiety. So it's your body, not, you can't relax in your body. Um, I, I know I need more progesterone when I'm sitting on the couch and I'm, my, my body is like not comfortable there. It's just sitting. That's because of a lack of estrogen. We also know you need more estrogen if, um, if you are not handling stress, right? If stress hits you and you fall apart, it's because you don't have the GABA that progesterone can stimulate, um, to be able to calm the brain. So, um, those can be some signs that you need to make sure that you vary it in fast, like a girl, I have a 30 day fasting reset that perimenopausal and well, everybody will be able to do, but perimenopausal and postmenopausal women that don't have uh, a, a cycle to really accurately time to, will be able to do this and bring some, um, some balance back to those hormones. So, so stay tuned on that. It is available for pre-order by the way, right now you can go to fastlikeagirl.com and, and go and get that. Hey, resetters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy. And I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. Okay. That's my perimenopausal. Postmenopausal women, what I want you to know is that it, it once you get on the other side, the brain has started to recalibrate. And if you are 10 years after menopause and you're still feeling like your mental health is not where you want it to be, I encourage you to go back and work those five principles I wrote in the in the menopause reset. But then I really want to encourage you to look at your amino acid profile. You might even do a neurotransmitter test or a Dutch test so that you can start to understand what you need to focus on. Those resources you can find on our website. Um, but no, you're not going crazy. That it's just as you move through menopause, 
you ha- your body in adapting to the loss of hormones may have used your amino acid resources. And now you need to come back in with some more amino acids combined with making sure that you're following the five principles from the menopause reset. So that's a lifetime view looking at hormones and mental health. That is a monthly view. So I hope that part helps. I do want to finish this up with talking about some tools that and some conversations I've been in around how we can make sure we get proper hormone production, doesn't matter what age you're at, and, and proper neurotransmitter uh, production. So let's start with the tools, some of them I've talked about. The first tool is fasting at the right time. So this is why I've written books on it. I do tons of of, um, videos on it. I really hope that Fast Like a Girl becomes this incredible resource for women to understand how to use fasting as a tool to balance these hormones out and in that be able to balance these neurotransmitters out. So fasting is amazing. We talked about aminos. So amino acids, you're going to hear more from me. So know that if you want better mental health, you may need to start to backfill in with aminos. A great starting point if you're hearing this for the first time is to go get yourself some perfect aminos. Um, Always, um, there are discounts for our community. So you can go into the show notes here and find those discounts. Revelationhealth.com is where you can find perfect aminos. And as always, if you use my last name, P-E-L-Z, they'll give you 10% off. So that's that's an option for you there. So aminos are great. Okay, another one I, conversation I just had with Dr. Laura Bryden, who I had this on Instagram. You can go watch. This was a beautiful conversation recently on Instagram. And we talked about um, the difference between alcohol and THC. So I want to talk about this for a moment because... One of the the conversations out there that is really frustrating me is this and makes it sad is that we need to give up alcohol in order to get our hormones in, in check. Now, I do not disagree with this statement, but I also want to reach out to my perimenopausal women, reach out to my postmenopausal women, and I want to say, I get you. I know that you are not managing stress like you used to at 25 and alcohol, a glass of wine at night is incredibly helpful tool to calm you down. I've even had multiple conversations with Dr. Carrie Jones, one of my uh, hormone, hormone heroines. You can follow her on Instagram. And I said, I put a glucose monitor on, I had a glass of wine and my glucose went down. So if my glucose goes down, that means my insulin's going down, which means my sex hormones are going to be more balanced. So how can you tell me that alcohol is not a great tool in that moment? And we that conversation went on to really um, emphasize that the challenge with alcohol in our system is that When alcohol is on the scene, the liver doesn't do anything else. It doesn't burn fat and it doesn't break down estrogen. So a lot of women will say, well, when I drink, I have more hot flashes. Yes, because you're not breaking down estrogen because the through the liver and you need good liver health to break estrogen down. So I even got to this point where I was thinking, you know, I think the worst time to drink uh, alcohol would be during ovulation because you have these three different hormones that are coming into play and they need to be metabolized. They need to be broken down. And if you're drinking uh, alcohol, you're, you're impairing the liver, affecting the liver's ability to do that. So I was like, oh, we're going to start timing alcohol to a woman's hormonal cycle. But for the perimenopausal woman, I want to come back to this concept of alcohol. I think it's we're back at the age-old challenge with almost everything, which is how clean is the food or the drink or the substance you're using and dosage. So if you're a wine drinker, to me, there is only natural, biodynamic, uh, chemical-free wines to drink after 40 
Uh, I'm a huge fan of dry farm wines and we'll leave a link for that in the show notes. So when I drink wine, that's all I drink. If I go out to a restaurant, I ask for biodynamic natural wines. If they don't know, or I ask for low alcohol wines, I'd look for something under 12%. Um, or I ask for wine that comes from France or Austria or Italy, because those countries typically have more stringent rules around pesticides, glyphosate, and spraying the chemicals onto the grapes. So that there's my there's my wine talk. Um, now other alcohols, it, uh, you know, tequila tends to be a little bit cleaner. Um, and more women tend to do okay with tequila. It comes from the, the you got to look at where the fermentation process comes from. It comes from the from cactus, from agave, which is lower on the glycemic index. Vodka comes from potatoes, a little bit lower on the glycemic index, but still, um, you know, potatoes are gonna uh, are not as low as as a cactus, the agave. So if you were going to go into hard alcohol, you would want to go into more of a tequila or a natural wine. And then of course, never put it with a mixer. Those are full of sugar. Now I say all this to say, I'm not advocating for alcohol. I really want to point that out. I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, know the, the potential hormonal side effects and make sure it's clean and make sure that it's not every day. Make sure that you're dosing with it in small doses and that you're not on this path all the time. Now, this conversation with Laura Bryden, a hormone expert who I admire, she actually brought up a really good point that research is now being done on THC. Now, this and the benefits of THC for the menopausal woman, I'm in California, marijuana is legal. Um, you also want to make sure that if you're going to lean into THC, that it's clean and organic and uh, um, the marijuana pl plant will pick up toxins from whatever soils it's been in. So you would want to know the, the quality of the soil if it's been tested for heavy metals. But having said all of that, um, the research is now showing that THC may be a better um, tool for relaxation for a menopausal woman than alcohol because it doesn't affect the liver's ability to break down estrogen. And when you're doing THC, you're stimulating two CBD receptor sites in your brain that cause you to be more in a parasympathetic state, which is why you're relaxed. And women over 40 need to practice parasympathetic uh, uh, strategies as much as possible. THC, the other CBD receptor site improves immunity. As estrogen goes down, your immune system can be more compromised. So THC is, is an interesting um, uh, tool for being able to manage stress. Um, again, I'm just bringing you some of the information. I don't, the research is not there yet um, to be able to bring you the science. This is just a conversation to open this up. Um, I want to uh, just say right now, if those of you are listening to this and reject everything that I just said, um, I uh, the goal of this podcast and all of my platform is to think for yourself. So if that doesn't sit right with you, then then don't drink, don't do don't do marijuana. I'm a big I, I'm a big fan. If you are going to venture into TC THC, that tinctures, gummies, those kind of things are way better than smoking it. So um, there's always a different way of looking at what we used to think was toxic, You looking at it in a cleaner way. Now, that leads me to the last couple of things I want to talk about with managing mental health hormones and neurotransmitters. So um, recently, I've been um, in some interviews. You guys can go back and listen to last, year, uh, last season's interview with Dr. Sarah Gottfried and the interview I did with Dr. Austin Perlmutter. Both of them opened my mind to plant medicine, opened my mind to psychedelics and the impact that it has on our hormones. If you're not following Dr. Sarah Gottfried right now, she's I'm bravely speaking out, uh, um, talking about the power of ketamine. Um, when I interviewed her, I asked her a question last summer of how do we help women who have trauma that's stored in their tissues, like emotional trauma, physical trauma from maybe their younger, her younger years and are still affecting her hormonally. How do we help her? And her, her response to me was ketamine assisted therapy. 
And it shocked me. I did not think that that was going to be the case. Um, And I've since learned that what ketamine does is it calms the um, excitatory neurons in our brain. Those are called glutamate um, receptors that we have, or NMDA receptors is what they call it. And so those of you that are in a constant state of anxiety with the looping thoughts, which often happens to the menopausal woman and the perimenopausal woman, because we don't have enough GABA, we don't have the same amount of progesterone. So those looping thoughts and where we can't unhook ourselves from a thought that keeps raising our cortisol, keeps giving us more suffering. If I could, if we can get the NMD re, uh, receptor sites, the glutamate receptor sites to calm down, then those thoughts start to stop their looping. And ketamine is a door into that. Now, this isn't like, you know, the ketamine that you're what that people are doing at rock concerts or, you know, doing for a drug trip. This is therapy assisted ketamine. Um, I will tell you that I just had a firsthand experience with this. I wanted to test it for myself. So I went to uh, a place called Field Trip Health. You can Google them. They are a franchise. I went through an extensive screening process and did two ketamine-assisted sessions with a a therapist in the room working with me. Um, And it was a beautiful experience. Um, And this was six weeks ago. And I will tell you that my brain is 100%, maybe probably even 1,000% calmer. Things that normally trigger me are not triggering me. Um, The research on ketamine says that you want to do, um, you want to do it once a week for six weeks and that it will, um, be, it is a, uh, looked at as an incredible solution for, um, drug, uh, resistant depression and anxiety. Um, I chose to just do two and see where I was at, but field trip health is a great resource. Dr. Sarah Godfrey is a great research for you. Now, the other psychedelic that's really look, and by the way, I'm just, it was a game changer for me. It was a brain reset. So I am a huge fan of ketamine where I sit right now, done in the right dose in the right um, environment. Now, the second part of this, Dr. Austin Perlmutter told me about, and this is the idea that um, of, of psilocybin and some psychedelics. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, Dr. Mindy's lost her mind. For sure, a year ago, um, if you had come to me and if you if I had heard my own uh, podcast right now, I would be like, oh my God, I'm crazy. But I've been deep in the research over the last year. I've been in conversations with some very intelligent people. And I'm very clear that these are great tools that we need to help women learn how to use in a responsible way. So I'm also going to take all this information and figure out what their impact is on our hormonal health. So stay tuned. But I can tell you mental health wise, what Austin Perlmutter said to me, and I asked him, go listen to the podcast. I asked him what he, what his stance was on plant medicine and psychedelics and his response to me, he actually flipped it on me. And he said, I'm going to ask you what, what you think of it. And I said, this is last summer. I said, I think it's just an excuse to do drugs. And he challenged me and said, I'm going to ask you to rethink that because the research is so impressive. Well, I did. I did challenge myself to rethink it. And he's right. Things like psilocybin, what psilocybin can do for mental health is unbelievable. The biggest thing that psilocybin can do is grow you more neurons in your brain, just like ketamine does the same thing. It, it's not just the experience in the moment. It's the change it makes, the lasting change it makes on your brain over time. Again, done in the right dosage, psilocybin can grow new neurons and these new neurons can actually start to, especially if they're in the prefrontal cortex, they'll pull you out of anxiety. They will give you more um, neurons to put your positive thoughts onto so that you can start to change the way your brain is seeing maybe a certain situation, a person or life. So we with we can calm with some of these things, the NMDA receptors, we can calm the excitatory part of the brain, and we can start to grow new neurons um, that give that we can train 
to be able to think more positively, to, to come up with more solutions. Um, and so there's this long-term gain that these psychedelics have for our mental health. And I'm not going to go into all of the, the details here. There's a couple of resources, the most impressive, two of the most impressive resources I will share with you right now um, on psilocybin is go, go look at what Michael Pollan is, is saying in his new book. He also has a documentary on Netflix. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's one of the top 10 shows that it was like a brain unchanged, something along those lines, but it's on Netflix. Go watch that. And I'm going to ask you to open up your mind and see that done in a right situation, these tools may be game changers for mental health. As always, you're going to have to find the one that works best for you. Um, and we need to be responsible with the, with this. When we look at where we've come with psychedelics, one of the, the interesting pieces is that um, back in the 60s and the 70s, when Timothy Leary was talking about psychedelics, the messaging that the world got was take psychedelics and check out a society. And then when we moved into the 80s and 90s, the messaging changed to don't do drugs, just say no, this is your brain on drugs. That's sort of the generation I grew up in. And now there's a third wave that's coming with these tools. And, and it's more along the lines of when you do this responsibly, when you integrate these tools in, in a responsible way. And you use it as a tool, not as, as a cure. You use it as a way to open up your brain so you can now all of your mindfulness techniques can work better. Um, that's the responsible way. That's how these tools start to become incredibly effective for you. And um, I, I'll tell you a story. I'll finish up on this thought that um, I was flying across country. Um, many of you know that I've been blessed to be in Jesse Itzler's, be a mentor in his group. Love the man. If you don't follow Jesse Itzler, go find him on Instagram. He's just a beautiful example of how to live life in a compassionate um, way, but really still kick butt in business and in family and in friendships. Um, and so I was flying across country and I had a layover in Chicago on that day, it was on the second day of a water fast. I was two weeks after ketamine and I get to Chicago and my flight's canceled and it's one o'clock in the afternoon and I need to be to New York by 11 o'clock the next day. Now, the old brain of mine would have been spinning. Um, I had led this group through a three-day water fast. I wanted to be at there at 11 the next morning to help everybody properly break the fast. I did not want to be stuck in Chicago. But what happened because of the ketamine, because of the second day of a water fast, is that I was calm, I was clear, and I was patient. And I was able to get myself a flight the next day. I made the best out of my afternoon going down into the Chicago and enjoying the river walk. And it was a really interesting reflection into my mind that it, in a stressful situation, it was now working differently. So... These are all great tools. There is not one tool that is going to be your go-to, but I wanted to bring this up on a discussion of mental health. I think it's really important that you that we bring some of these conversations to the surface. Um, and you go do the research yourself. Last thing, I see a world where we start to not only as women understand our hormones, but we're able to articulate where we are in our cycle, where we are in our life with our with everybody around us. I see a world where we no longer as women are given a one size fits all approach to anything. I see a world where, where uh, relationships, we start talking about hormones. We start having conversations like, hey, we've got some conflict in our relationship right now. How about in two days when I'm in my ovulation window, we discuss this? Or I'm going through menopause right now. I might give me some time to think about what you just said so that I can process this and give you a thorough answer instead of responding and reacting in, a, in, a, in an immediate way with a brain that doesn't have enough estrogen. Once we know these hormones, we know how to take better care of our mental health, and we know how to turn around and tell others how to take better care of us.
So that's how important this conversation is, which is why when I when we looked at doing a solo episode, I needed this to be the one that you all heard. So give me a review. Let me know if this was helpful um, so that I can know if I'm on the right track with, with other women and, and men in this conversation. Tests I would really encourage you to sit, to do. If you have not done a Dutch test, both men and women, I highly recommend you do a Dutch test so you understand your hormones. We'll leave a link to the one that I like. When you do it with us, it comes with our amazing health coach. We'll sit down with you and help you understand your test so you can apply it. Um, and we do both men and women. Um, and we, and, uh, depending on the age of your teenagers, usually around 15, 16, we can start to do some of these Dutch tests in the younger generation. We're also exploring neurotransmitter tests. So stay tuned on that. Um, and understanding cortisol patterns is another thing that we'll be launching more on our profile, um, on, on my platform in coming months. So testing is always a great door in, but as always, I hope this level of conversation just took your knowledge to hormones and neurotransmitters to a deeper level. Um, please share this out. If you feel like you learned something that you didn't know, please sit down with your teenage daughter, your granddaughter, um, share this with other women. This is the next level of empowering women to really be who we were truly designed um, to be. I um, one, of, one of the... Um, really heartwarming experiences that I have seen this year is how well people are responding to the title fast, like a girl, how many women have told me that they never thought of their, of being a girl or being a woman as a superpower. And as they're listening to conversations like this, as they're understanding the principles of fast, like a girl, that they are taking their power back by just acknowledging how incredible these hormones are for us and not villainizing them. So there you go. As always, from the bottom of my heart, I hope this helps. Let's keep working at this together. And I really appreciate all of you. I appreciate the, the sharing of my, of my information out there. I appreciate you ordering Fast Like a Girl. And we're in this together. All boats rise together. I see a world where we come together as women and we shine as a community. So I hope you see it that way too. And never give up on yourself. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.